Raising the Bar podcast, brought to you by the Association of Gray's Inn Students. Hello, welcome back to the Raising the Bar podcast. We're in Gray's Inn with Harry Samuels, who's going to be talking to us about GDL scholarships. Harry did his GDL last year with the David Carmel Scholarship, which at the time was the highest GDL scholarship from Gray's Inn. Now he's studying the BPTC and he's a residential scholar here in Gray's. He's also going to begin pupillage this year. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining us. No worries at all. So this might be obvious to some people listening to the podcast, but depending on what stage you're at, would you mind just telling us what are GDL scholarships and how many of them are there? So GDL scholarships are money given by the inn to support people who did a non-law subject as their undergraduate degree uh, and to help them go through the process of converting to law. Uh, and there are about 30 of them that graze in awards with a total pot of about up to £1.3 million in sort of scholarships as a whole. So there's a lot of money out there to be given, but not very many people know about them. So we need more people to apply. And it's important to remember, isn't it, that it's a scholarship, it's not a loan, so you don't have to pay it back. Um, it's just to help you financially to get through the year, isn't it? Absolutely. You don't have to pay it back at all. Uh, you get money to help you, and that's just money that you get given as a scholarship. And I would not have been able to do the GDL without it. And as well as the money, it looks really good, doesn't it, to be able to put that name scholarship in your CV? It definitely does. Having a named scholarship, which great all of Grey's Inn scholarships are named, unlike in, other, unlike in some other inns, having that named scholarship and being able to put it on pupillage applications in particular just looks very good um, and shows pupillage recruiters that you are going in the right direction. You've now completed your GDL, which I'm sure you're quite happy about. Yes, I have. And uh, you've also, um, as we've said, you're studying your BPTC. So just looking back a little bit, what was your route to the GDL? Well, I did uh, my undergraduate degree in classics, which was great fun, and I don't regret doing that at all. But by the time I got to about second year, I knew that I wanted to go down the path of the law. It was after doing a couple of internships with solicitors that I realised that actually I prefer the bar route. Um, and so I started researching pathways into the bar. And it was through that that I discovered the inns and the scholarships that they provide and also started looking through GDL providers with respect to which ones offered the best GDL for prospective bar students. So I then went to City University of London to do my GDL, which took place over, they say it's a year, but the reality is that you sort of study for about six or seven months and then have exams. Uh, and it's a very tough year, it's a very intense year, but you, you learn the law pretty quickly. And that was that really, from undergraduate degree in ancient coins to uh, the law, a uh, pretty big step, but I don't regret it at all. It's uh, It's been a fantastic time. Even as somebody who did an undergraduate law degree, the whole process towards going to the bar is one that's really strange. And Grayson really um, tries to make it more open and transparent, but I can imagine having done a non-law degree, it was even more strange. So how did Grayson help you to navigate that process? So that's right, uh, because certainly compared to my friends who did law degrees at undergraduate level, there was so much support in terms of mooting and uh, careers talks in the law faculty and just various other supports that existed at the university stage, which obviously I didn't have. Um, Gray's Inn, uh, aside from the scholarship, helped by, there was a, there was a dedicated GDL rep um, on the Association of Gray's Inn Students Committee. So they make sure that social activities are there to help meet people in the same boat as you. 
Uh, Grayson includes GDL students in its student mailings. So we get information about Chambers events and potential workshops to help uh, tailor applications and so on. And just general resources that are available at Gray's Inn. So one that I took advantage of was the mentoring scheme, which enables prospective students to get their pupillage applications looked through and get general advice on life at the bar. So I found all of those things really invaluable in terms of sort of finding my way through the application process and securing pupillage. So it's important to emphasise, as I think you just have, that even if law isn't your background at all, Gray's will help you to get through that process. Absolutely, absolutely. There is absolutely, I think it is very true to say that nowadays it doesn't matter whether you've done law or whether you've not done law and come through the GDL, you are able to achieve the same things. Uh, and Grace has certainly been an enormous help in making sure that that equality is there in my case. When you were interviewed for your scholarship, what sorts of things were you aiming to show to the scholarship committee and what do you think they were looking for? So, I think what I was aiming to show was hopefully what they were looking for as well. Uh, but what certainly what it seemed to be was they were looking for evidence of commitment to the bar. So evidence that you understood what it entailed, what the career was really like, rather than sort of how it's portrayed maybe on TV. Mm. Uh, academic achievement, because I think it's important to remember that the bar is an academic field. It's effectively applied academia. Uh, and perseverance, I think, is another one. Because as you said, the application process for coming to the bar can often be quite strange. And because it's such a specialised and professional career, there are actually quite a lot of hurdles to jump through. And so it's really important for students and those wanting to go down this route to have that perseverance and that sort of personal tenacity mm. to be able to pursue that route. And I think that's what they were looking for in the interviews. And that's definitely what I was looking to show as well. And I hope I did it. And when they're um, obviously at the bar, it's a large part of being a barrister is advocacy. And I know a lot of my friends who did non-law degrees but want to go to the bar have said that they really struggled to find mooting experience. Yes. What uh, experience did you draw upon to show your potential as an advocate? Well... In terms of getting that advocacy experience, I think there was a, a non-law moot that I entered when I was an undergraduate, which was my first ever mooting experience. And that was uh, a Chambers came in and did that at university, which was fantastic. In terms of other advocacy, I had represented clients before internal disciplinary tribunals as well, which don't have those requirements of rights of audience or qualified lawyer. And that gave me a lot of experience of sort of preparing cases, standing up, delivering submissions before people. But obviously, it is difficult to, to get that experience. And I think it's important to emphasise actually that advocacy doesn't have to be formal, in a suit, standing up, delivering legal submissions with paper before you. Advocacy can be anything. Advocacy can be lobbying for something from your university students' union. Advocacy can be campaigning for anything within the context of student societies and so on. So it's important to sort of think outside the box, mm -hmm. not just look at those mooting experiences, but to look at your experience as an undergraduate also as advocacy and advocating for things and asking for things as you go along. It's interesting you've spoken about thinking outside the box. Um, in one of our first podcasts, we spoke to Riaz Hussein QC, who said that 
people he's often really impressed by are those who bring up things which might not on the surface look that relevant. So working in Tesco, working in a cafe and talking about the interpersonal skills they've gained from that, the work ethic, doing something you often don't really want to be doing. So yeah, it is interesting that you spoke about that thinking outside the box. As you say, undergrad experiences, student union stuff, or something that initially might not seem that relevant at all could actually be really, really impressive. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I put on my applications was I had campaigned to get the living wage for student workers uh, and had done so successfully. And that, at first glance, doesn't look like it's to do with the law or the bar or applying for these scholarships. Mm. But it's actually about how you use those experiences and actually showing that initiative in itself shows something really promising for a scholarships committee to look at. Something where you had to argue for a point of view and you hopefully succeeded. Exactly, that's exactly it. That could be dealing with a very difficult client in Tesco. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we've spoken a bit about the interviews. In terms of the process itself, it's a paper sift and then an interview, isn't it? That's right. So there are two rounds, as you said, the paper sift and the interview. Um, The whole thing at Grey's is based on merit, um, and that's actually really important because what it means is that if you get a scholarship, you've got that scholarship because you are good enough and the inn has decided that you have that merit. The financial value of that scholarship is then determined according to your means. So Grey's actually balances those two things really well. Mm. It means that if you get a scholarship, you can put it on your CV as a really brilliant example of your merit for becoming a barrister, Mm. but it also means that those who are more disadvantaged or who need that bit more support to go through that process, get that support as well. Um, And that is tested through, as you say, that paper sift to look at your application form, which is really important, and then those interviews, which are fine. (laughs) And I I found that Greys really do care about getting people through the GDL, and in my case, the BPTC, regardless of financial means. I know that the financial forms are very detailed, but they're detailed because they really do want to help people. Exactly. And it's not just that the forms themselves are detailed, but you're absolutely right in that you get asked to fill in a form when you first get your application for a scholarship. You then get asked to fill in another form if you've been awarded a scholarship so that they can work out your means. And then in a lot of cases, they will ask you again to see if there have been any material changes in circumstances. So Grays is really switched on to the needs of its students and its scholarship candidates. And that's why the scholarship amount is so tailored to your needs and why Grays is particularly good at helping people from all backgrounds um, get into the bar, which is so important for representation and so important for making the bar reflect what the public look like. Mm, Exactly. Um, With the paper application, obviously this is the first time often that you are being introduced to Grays and it's a piece of written advocacy, isn't it? Yes. So what was your approach to the paper application? So my approach was to fill in the easy bits first. Right. So all the bits where it was uh, the stuff that you just write down in any application. So your educational background, your grades, Mm. any scholarships that you've got, basically all of the factual stuff. And then it's when you get to the, the, the qualitative questions where you've got to, as you say, do your written advocacy. My advice would be to sit down, look at the selection criteria that Grays uses, 
and to think about how you can show each one of those with evidence. Mm. It's great preparation for becoming exactly yeah. <laughs> it's a great preparation for being a barrister, right? Everything should be backed up with evidence mm. from your own time. And like we said, it doesn't need to be formal, stuffy evidence. It can be anything. But just make sure that you are putting your best face out there. Mm. Make sure that you are showing what you can do and what you can achieve. And that's often a really awkward process for people. Like for a lot of people, it's the first time they've ever had to write about themselves in that way, other than maybe UCAS forms, which I know people find really uncomfortable. Mm. But have that confidence in yourself to use your experience and demonstrate that you hit those criteria of you know, academic capability, perseverance, aptitude for the bar, which grazes really keen to reward people for. It's not that you're going cap in hand to graze and maybe they'll allow it, maybe they won't. The inn really wants to give people this money to help support them through this mm. process. And so the more you can show that you're a candidate for that and the more that you can use your experience for that, the more happy they will be to give you that money. I think we've spoken in a previous podcast about how now is not the time to be modest. Absolutely. Now is the time to really show off, as you said, the evidence that you've got for all of these things. And it seems from what you've said, just to make it really easy for Greys to see what you've done and how this relates to what they want. Absolutely. And they're not expecting you to be the consummate barrister. They're not <laughs> expecting you to be silk standard, able to stand up in the Court of Appeal mm. now. What they're looking for is that raw talent mm. and that ability to present yourself well in a written application form and present yourself well in that oral setting of the interview and just show them that you have potential. Um, and you're absolutely right. And once you've moved on from the paper application, how did you prepare for the interview itself? So the interview is purposely designed so that the questions you get asked are relatively obvious. You're going to get asked why you want to be a barrister. You're going to get asked about your written application form. So I think first it's important to read over your written application. And I know when I applied, and I think it's still the case, once you apply, you actually get an email copy of the application sent back to you. So you can do that. Make sure that you've, you know, swatted up on your own application and can mm. talk about it. I think then just prepare the answers to the obvious questions that are going to come. You, Like I said, you're going to get asked why you want to be a barrister. And these, the, the interview panel, as indeed any barrister practising at the bar, will have heard so many people talk about this that it's almost impossible to have a, an amazing answer to that. And that's fine. All you need is just a good, solid answer where the people on the panel can genuinely see why you're motivated to, to pursue this career. Mm. So those two aspects of it, I think, are the easily prepared for bit. The other half of it is that you'll get asked to deliver a presentation on a topic that's generally to do with current affairs. So my other advice would just be watch the news. You know, 10 minutes of the BBC News channel every day, have a quick browse of the front page, just make sure you know what's happening in the world and practice talking about it, whether it's to family members or friends, just practice giving them your opinion, even if they don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> but they'll love it. They but will they, love they it They love the, the run-up to your interview. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you think it's important to look at both sides of the argument as well? I do, because almost certainly you will get asked, but yeah. what about this? Mm. Or... In some cases, you will get asked, well, now I want you to argue the opposite point of view, as, as I did in my BPCC interview, actually. So it's important to be able to see both sides because that's such an essential skill of the barrister. Definitely. Even if you're representing one side, the best way to advocate for that side is actually to think about what the other side is going to say and to anticipate their arguments. Mm. And the same holds for these interviews. 
And the interviews itself, I, obviously a lot of people understandably will be very daunted by interviews. In fact, I think almost everybody will be. Absolutely. How did you uh, manage your nerves on the day? Well, uh, I don't think I did, especially. Fair. Um, I just, uh, my attitude has generally been that that bit of adrenaline makes you perform a bit better. Mm. Everyone gets nervous. I think the important thing to remember is, like I said earlier, these people aren't hostile. They're not questioning your right to be there. They want you to do well and they want any excuse to give you a scholarship to help you through this process. So I think realise that they're there, perhaps not as your friends, but as your future colleagues rather than as adversaries mm. um, and just show them what you've got. And remember that everyone... Perhaps not as your friends, but as your future colleagues rather than as adversaries mm. um, and just show them what you've got. And remember that everyone... ...have appealed... Yeah. X times a week and they will still say that they are nervous when they stand on their feet for the first time. Mm. It's just, it's a fact of life. When big things happen, we get nervous. The important thing is just not to let that control how well you do. Exactly. And you've spoken a lot about how Grey supports anyone who wants to go to the bar and who has that potential to come to the bar. I think uh, probably nerves might increase if you feel like, oh, I don't belong here. This is where I'm meant to be. So I think it's reassuring as well to hear, actually, everybody feels nervous. Everybody has the potential to come here and Grace wants to support everybody from all backgrounds to come to the bar. And that's right. And, and let's not mince words about it. The bar in the, in the past has not had the best track record mm. for representation and diversity. But the, the reality is, is that nowadays people can see that as the error that that is. The inns themselves are making huge strides forward in trying to increase representation. And so, of course, it's understandable if you're from an underrepresented background at the mm. bar or you've had difficulties or that bit, you've needed that extra support to come here. But the reality is, is that this inn is here to support you through that process, not to block you from coming through that process. And there are so many avenues for help and assistance with that. Uh, and like I said, don't let those nerves get in your way. I we really want everyone here from every background. I, I really liked what you said about seeing the interviewers as your potential future colleagues. Yes. Because that's definitely what they could be. It's just true. I mean, I see people now around the inn who interviewed me and talked to them and have sat with them at dinner and so on. Yeah. So it's they quickly go from being these scary people who hold money in the balance <laughs> for you to just being people very that you know. People exactly. You bump into, yeah. Exactly. The the bar is a very collegiate environment and that's mm -hmm. a, that's one of the real benefits of it. The relationship between GDL scholarships and other scholarships is quite interesting, isn't it? Would you mind just giving us an overview of that? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a really new innovation by Grey's Inn. So when I applied, which was only two years ago for the GDL scholarship, this didn't exist. But Grey's scholarship provision is increasing rapidly as we try to sort of assert ourselves as the best inn to qualify at. And as part of that, there is this new offer whereby anybody who gets a GDL scholarship, so any of the 30 people who get that GDL scholarship, will automatically be interviewed for a BPTC scholarship. Mm. Now, further to that, if the GDL scholar then gets a BPTC scholarship, because of their previous scholarship, they will get a slight uplift in the base amount of the bar scholarship that they get. So just to explain that, if you are given a bar course scholarship, the minimum amount that you can be given is £5,000. But if you previously had a GDL scholarship, that gets lifted to £7,500. Now, that's the bottom end. The top end is, well, 
is much much larger than that. Which, because, as you said, is means tested. Absolutely, all means tested, all to do with you know your needs and what the inn can give you to help with your specific circumstances get through the bar. But the minimum scholarship is £5,000. The maximum is 30000 And as far as I'm aware, that is by far the largest offer of the four inns. And we give out more of those than any of the four inns. So the relationship between the GDL and the bar scholarships is now that there's a guaranteed interview and an uplift if you get one. And it's to encourage that progress from converting to law from a non-law undergraduate through to completing and doing the bar course. If I were in a position where I was a, uh, considering the GDL, I think you definitely would have persuaded me to apply to Grace by now. Well, thank you. So on to the practical stuff for people in that position. Yeah. Um, what are the key dates that people should have in mind right now? So GDL scholarships uh, are a bit later than the bar scholarship. So if you've seen that the bar scholarships have closed, don't panic. Yes, the, <laughs> it's all okay. <laughs> exactly. The GDL scholarship window opens on the 16th of March, and then the application window is open all the way through to midnight on the 1st of May 2020. Mm. If you're even considering doing the GDL, I'd really, really recommend taking a look at the Grays website, uh, which is grayzin.org.uk. Coming to Grey's Inn itself and having a look round, looking at our library, looking at the provisions we have. The education um, department are always super welcoming, aren't they? Exactly. And any of the scholars who are already here will mm. be happy to take people round and give the sort of inside track on what it's like to be at Grey's. Definitely. So there's that long period to apply. And then if you're shortlisted after the paper sift, after you apply, uh, you'll be interviewed in June. And certainly when I applied, the results of that were given sort of mid to late July. Right. So plenty of time to consider it and plenty of notice of whether you've got a scholarship before you start the GDL in September. Lovely. It's always good to start early as well, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, we all say that we will, but uh, <laughs> in theory, <laughs> in always theory, good to start exactly, early. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Is there anything else before we end that you'd like to say to potential GDL scholars? Just that the GDL is a difficult year and don't underestimate it, mm. but it is also a rewarding thing beyond measure to go into the law and to become immersed in it. And the reason that the English bar and the English and Welsh bar has retained the system of having inns of court is because of just how valuable it is to not just learn the law, but to have these legal communities in the inns where you can be a part of social life, where you can sort of have colleagues and have people who will support you through throughout. I think beyond anything, you know, the financial side of it is obviously fantastic. And I wouldn't be here right now if it weren't for the generosity of Grey's Inn. Mm. But I think even beyond that, having a community where you can participate and you can meet other people like you and you can make friends for life, I think is a really invaluable thing. So I think if you're even considering doing the GDL, I would definitely apply for a, for a scholarship from any of the inns. But I... Obviously, I'm slightly biased, <laughs> but uh, I think Grace has the best provision of all of them. Biased, but with good reason. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to share your story with us and for talking to us about the GDL. I think if I were in the position where I uh, were applying for the GDL, I would definitely feel reassured and um, like it was a, something that's possible to do. Well, that's very kind of you to say. It is possible. People need to go out and do it because it's a great thing. Definitely. Thank you very much. No problem at all. Thanks for listening to the Raising the Bar podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review. And for more information, check us out on Twitter at RaisingTheBarGI.